Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Happy Monday to you. Happy Holy Week for those of us who are Orthodox Christians. This is the beginning of my Holy Week. I'm just a straight-up Jesus girl is what I like to say, but or a completed Christian, whatever that is. But I do still practice the cultural and ethnic aspects of a faith that I love, that I was raised in, and I, I see no need to throw it out with my completed view and understanding and acceptance of Christ Jesus. So uh, happy, quote, Easter to those of you who celebrated Easter yesterday. I prefer to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And you know, I'm a woman of words, and I believe that words have power of life and death, and they matter, and at least on my show, uh, in my spaces. And so today, I'm also incorporating my spaces as well. So I am recording live on Twitter spaces, and so we have a live, basically, studio audience, if you will. Uh, My spaces are rarely boring, and people who come in and out, people who I align with, uh, politically, spiritually, whatever, culturally, and people I don't align with come in and out of my spaces. So there's no telling what we will hear from people today. But for those of you, again, who are in my space, welcome. You are live with me on my broadcast, and it will be uh, cast out to like tens of thousands of people today. So don't be shy. But I want to talk about money. Huh, right? I mean, what else could you talk about? I mean, it's tax day. So how many of you are really feeling the rub? I mean, knowing now what you know about what's happening behind the scenes in this country, what's happening blatantly right in front of us in this country, right? How do you feel having to write a check to your United States government that has no care or concern for you as an American citizen, as far as I'm concerned. Unless you're on their teat, and probably that's even more egregious than those of us who are out here hustling, you know, living the, quote, American dream. By the way, for those of you who thought that entrepreneurship was the way to go, well, the joke's on us, right? We love to tout, and people use small business owners as, like, campaign mailers every freaking Uh, political cycle. But the truth of the matter is, this country is not geared to support small business. They're a bunch of liars and thieves. And nothing has made this more obvious to me than a book that I received from a gentleman who was in one of my spaces not long ago. His name is Jimmy Song. Some of you who are in the Bitcoin uh, space, you know who I'm referring to. Um, and Jimmy is, you know, highly respected. He's trusted within the Bitcoin community. And he came into one of my spaces one evening and, um, and really educated everyone on the difference between Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, the Cadillac versus the Pinto, uh, really conflation is, is a big deal between cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin itself. So it was a huge education for those of us, even for those of you who think all of that is a bunch of fairy dust and it's not something that we should, you know, put our hard-earned money into. It's, it's uh, you know, Whoville money, whatever you want to call it. There's a book that he sent to me. He sent me actually three books. 
And if you look at my Twitter feed from yesterday, you will see that I have just been, you know, on it, like highlighting. I basically threw the first book, which is called Thank God for Bitcoin, The Creation, Corruption, and Redemption of Money. I'm going to repeat that. Uh, Thank God for Bitcoin. But here's the most important part of it. And this is where this was a very real education for me. Bitcoin aside, this book takes the time to actually build the case for why a new currency that actually is trusted, that is scarce, that is immutable, right? It is it is uh, non-corrosive, quite literally, right? It's not something that can be manipulated to the extent that we have completely robbed the till with regard to any form of gold reserves, Um, You know, it goes all the way back to 1913. Before then, like this is not the first currency to see its life, you know, and and life extension and death. And it won't be the last. Right. They're making the they're making the case for Bitcoin. I'm making the case for just how corrupt the entire system is. And that most of us are living in a freaking financial fantasy land and we don't even realize it or we do. And we're just apathetic to it. And we just want to be left alone. We just want to raise our kids, pay our taxes, know that our boy is a boy and a girl's a girl, not have our children molested in school, be able to take care of our health needs, right? And a lot of that becomes apathetic because it sounds good. But really all it spells is apathy. And so I'm curious. It's like if it's not going to be Bitcoin, which now you got to know the feds are coming for, which I've been predicting for like the past two years. You know, I see people lobbying DC on behalf of the crypto and Bitcoin world, not to be conflated. And I think to myself, now why the hell would you go bring in the very people that, that you're attempting to evade? And I don't say evade in a criminal sense, but you're attempting to transcend why would you do that? I don't understand that. Someone, and I'm going to have a young lady on my show coming up very shortly. And we're going to talk about that because she is a lobbyist on behalf of Bitcoin in DC. And I think to myself, wow, here you go again. That doesn't make sense to me. Hopefully she can make it make sense. Make it make sense for me, girl. Right? Hopefully she can do that because it doesn't. But the feds are like hell bent on, you know, in the name of security and in the name of, uh, you know, anti-trafficking, in the name of anti-weapons exchanges and anti-darknet, the very thing that feds created and invited a bunch of scumbag people onto their platform in order to, you know, commence commerce with them across international waters. Now that actually decent people have caught on to exactly how this can benefit society and transcend the current corrupt monetary society that we live in. Now all of a sudden those people are about to become criminals. And you guys think I'm kidding, but I'm not. It's a it's a the race is on. We have a we have a house bill right now. Again, I tweeted about this and the number escapes me. I wasn't going to go here, but I will briefly. There's a house bill that is basically and now you've got three Republicans. You can only imagine who those are who have signed on with all the Democrats about an anti-terrorism bill. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? 
right? Because nobody's in favor of bigots, you know, lynching people, uh, chasing people, uh, killing people, stalking people, terrorizing people online or in, in the physical realm. No one's in, no one who is sane is in favor of that, no matter what color or ethnicity you are. Right. But the but the government has figured out a way to catfish that legislation in such a way that anyone who, you know, is thinking at to transcend the federal government. I'm not talking about abolishing it. I'm talking about thinking past it, thinking above it, which is where kingdom people who just celebrated Easter with all their cute little Easter egg dresses. Are supposed to live. That's where we're called to reside. We are called to live in the transcendent space of the kingdom, to bring his kingdom here on earth and his will to be done here on earth, right? And for some reason, the church is either busy robbing, begging, and pillaging and sitting there with her skirt lifted above her head in the form of a 501c3, and we think that's godly. We think it's cool to get kickbacks from Caesar for Caesar to tell us that we can't talk about the things of God that are actually true without adulterating the word. We think that's cool. We think that's a blessing from God because we are seduced by the world into thinking that. And then we shame people around the conversation of money. Half the church is scared to death of becoming wealthy because they're scared they're not going to make it into heaven because somehow their riches are going to keep them out of heaven. When I know more poor people who are probably on the slippery gray slope to hell than any rich person. I mean, sure, money can be a factor, but I think our understanding's off. And something this book has done for me, single-handedly, has opened my eyes to the way I see money and the way I relate to money. And the fact that we're not called to be afraid of mammon. We're not called to worship mammon either because you can't worship both. But the other God and mammon, but the other thing it opened my eyes to was just as many of you who are afraid of Bitcoin in cryptocurrencies being some kind of a fairy dust, fake, you know, uh, here one minute, gone the next, pull the plug on the electricity and it's all gone, which, you know, there's some truth to that. But, you know, they're all on servers that can be hacked and not, and nothing is impenetrable. And you know what? I would actually agree with that. You lose your key, you snooze, you lose. Like, it's gone. You, you, you lose your digits, you, you lose your mind, and you forget. <laughs> your money's gone. That's how that works. It's a little scary. Keeps you on your toes, though. Right? Keeps you on your toes. But sure, nothing is impenetrable. It's ridiculous for us to think that. But it's something trusted. Is something scarce? Is it just? Are the bal- are the weights balanced? Are the weights balanced as it pertains to our monetary system? And the answer to that, ladies and gentlemen, is no, they're not. The scales are not balanced with just weights. And and as many of you love to talk about homosexuality is an abomination, well, you know what else is an abomination according to the word of God? Unjust scales. And we wonder why we have a generation of kids who hate this country and they hate our system. And you know why? Because many of them are a part of this 
revolution, if you will, who sees that y'all think they're a bunch of socialists, then all they want to do is ride the government. I think we've got that wrong. I don't think they're a bunch of socialists at all. You've got a few fringe freaks who we've got at 50 years old, much less 22. You have a few of these fringe freaks who have been, you know, who have been exploited by the powers that be as if they, you know, they they represent the entire generation of 25 to 30 year olds. Give us a break. They don't. But these kids understand the corruption. They understand injustice. Now, granted, that too has been exploited. Absolutely. But when you look around and you cut your tax checks today, and then you take inventory of what your tax dollars are going toward, I want you to get back with me and have an honest dialogue about just how free we are as a nation. Now listen, no one has been a bigger advocate for this country in in my circles in a very honest way than me. I'm a patriot through and through. And many of you are too. If you follow me, you are likely equally as patriotic. And thank you for being so. But I got to tell you something. We have crapped the bed in more instances than not, and in more institutions than not, and in more ways than not, that far surpass anything political. We're stuck on politics. This is a system that begins in the spirit realm. It is a very intricate labyrinth, and it's made up of gods, lowercase g-o-d-s's, gods and paradigms and entities and strong men. Read your Bibles. It's right there in your word, right? And we have been enslaved by this system. And so for some of us whose eyes are opening to go, okay, we have been enslaved by the system. Now, how do we transcend and where do we begin and what does that look like? Not looking for a false Christ, not looking for a false savior, not looking to mammon to save us, but to work kingdom, kingdom principles in this sphere on this plane for the glory of God without being enslaved by the system. We're here to set the captives free. If for some of you, you know, someone knocks on your door for a loaf of bread, you're like, well, I'll pray for you, right? And what did Paul say about that? Or, hey, man, I'm going through a divorce. My wife's nuts, and she's been sleeping with five or ten other dudes from Facebook who she thought the Lord told her she should have married from high school. Y'all know how this goes, right? She hooked up from the dude that she thought she should have married from middle school because, you know, life got hard for us. Can you minister to me around this? And y'all are like, oh, I don't, I don't know, man. I'll pray for you. You don't even have a word of encouragement, much less a loaf of bread to share with people. And preaching Jesus every Easter Sunday. And that stuff just wears me out because I'm like, where are we as the church? What are we doing? No wonder the world looks at us like we're a bunch of kooky fruits and nuts. Right? Like we don't have any power. Where's our power? So, reading this worldly book talking about Bitcoin, right? The creation, uh, corruption, and redemption of money has been a very real eye-opener for me, and this is a conversation that we're going to have plenty of in the coming weeks. Now, I, before I forget, 
Well, I'll do that in just a little bit, but I'm going to go over to my spaces since I have one of my uh, favorite folks with me. Again, if you guys are just joining in spaces, you're joining my show, you are live with me. Thank you for being here with us today. And if you comment or question, you will be a part of my live show. And I love hearing your voices. That's why I do this to not only represent the kingdom of God and hopefully represent your voices, but because I want your voices to be heard. So Twitter spaces is a phenomenal way to do that outside of terrestrial radio when I would normally be up against a traffic break and a weather new and at, you know, break and, and who's the next, you know, NBC, ABC lie that I'm supposed to tell you through a news break, but we don't have that on my show, which I'm very grateful for. So let's go for it. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna bring up Chris. Welcome to the Monica Matthews show. What do you think about tax day and what is your relationship to money? Well, uh, good old tax day. <laughs> so as I told you, I think, Monica, before we went live on the air, this is my first time I'm um, ever waiting till the deadline to file my taxes um, solely because I, I, can't, I can't really just I can't fathom, you know, how we're spending one point five trillion plus in Ukraine. When we have so many other issues here locally, you know, in, in our country that we have to address, you know, so um, that's that's kind of how I feel about tax day. I think the system also um, being that I'm in sales, I think I think our economy just is not caught up and our government, I should say, is not caught up with this new economy, which is gig based, it's sales based, it's commission driven, it's small business entrepreneurship driven. And um, and I'm very much that. And I and I uh, so I'm not looking forward to tax day. Not not looking forward to tax day. There's one way of putting it. Well, okay. So for me, as an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur, it is like I get kind of a double whammy, which which is you know a crappy deal. I think now if I'm not paying quarterly, then I get whacked. I get whacked with uh, self employment. Uh, basically, I call them penalties. And, and they say, you know, it's all to help the, help the, help the small business person. But that's crap. It is absolutely crap. And there's only so much that I can write off against my business expenses before it becomes almost self, not self-destructive, but it kind of, because it's like, if I'm going to go for a loan, right? A small business loan, I have to show a profit. Well, anything I show a profit on, I'm now being taxed on. And, and I'm also being penalized because I am an entrepreneur. So, so it's interesting that we herald ourselves as like the land of the free and opportunity. Not to mention, think about this. Not only am I being taxed at, you know, most of us are being taxed anywhere between 22 and 30 something percent. Okay. Think about the consumption taxes that we pay every time we go to the pump, every time we go to the grocery store, every time you go to the liquor store, whatever it is you're consuming, you're also paying taxes on top of that. So, you know, when I'm talking to this younger generation about how they're thinking about moving to some remote, who knows where, you know, they're like, oh, we're moving to Sweden or Norway, right? And we're just going to go hike for the rest of our lives and screw America. Like, we're tired of this. It's all corrupt and the taxes, the taxation sucks. The first thing I bring up is we'll go look at other nations' taxation, right? And they're like, yeah, but it's like one flat tax, is what the argument is for some people. Now, if you're in Germany, good luck. You wonder why most people hate the Catholic Church in Germany? I'll tell you why. Because the Catholic Church is still uh, compulsory tithing on behalf of their, quote, taxpayers. So at least we don't have that here. But we do have compulsory, you know, first of all, thank you, 1913, and the federal tax, which to me is complete farce. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's for, for those of you who have a full-time job, 
right? I would imagine maybe, maybe it hurts a little bit less. I don't know. I don't want to slight those of you who are, you know, having money taken out of your paychecks. Um, I look at my tax bill and go, hmm, wow, that's not exactly beneficial. And no wonder people are constantly trying to find ways to get out of paying taxes. Not to mention, I live in the city of Atlanta. I live in the state of Georgia, where we incentivize businesses to come here and they pay virtually nothing in taxes. Uh, thank you, Delta, with your fuel tax credit just to keep you here, right? How about the movie industry? Those guys get tax credits galore at our expense. And the rest of us carry the tax burden, I think, personally. So, Chris, what is your, before I, before I move on to another speaker, what is your relationship with money? Like, how how do you see how do you relate to money? How do you see it? And, and yeah, what, what does it mean to you? So, you know, I grew up in like a Midwest union um, family. Right. And, um, and so I was kind of raised in a family that's like, you go to school, then you go get a job at the assembly line or do whatever you're going to do. Right. And, um, and so that wasn't me. (laughs) So my relationship to money, honestly, I, I didn't value it for a very long time um, because I was not raised around people with it, if that makes sense. Um, total and, sense. Makes total and sense. So, yeah, I mean, like my, my, my folks both had union jobs, but they also we were also living in the inner city where the schools were criminally failed for 40 years. And so they had to pay that extra money that they made as a union worker for their kids to go to a Christian school. Right. And so, um, you know, and so that for me, I wasn't raised around that. It wasn't until, quite frankly, after I had kids and even. Um, you know, a little after the kids were a little bit older, where I started to realize my worth, so to speak, after I gave my life to Christ and, and started to reassess values. And, um, I kind of had to teach myself some of that. Right. And that's not always good. Um, but at least I, you know, I'm a little bit of a risk taker, you know, and in an entrepreneurial, you know, uh, entrepreneur in, in my mind, um, to, to a lot of extent, but what I didn't learn until, I started going down that road was that these programs to buy a house or to buy a car or to buy whatever, um, they're built around a, going to work, getting yourself a paycheck. Right. Right. And, and had I realized that AA, I wouldn't have probably went to college. <laughs> right. And B, because, <laughs> because, you know, they tell you, you know, you go to school to go to college to get a good job. Yeah. Right. And, but they don't tell you is you're going to have forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars in debt, sure. and those jobs that are quote good jobs aren't going to be there when you're done, right. you know, to them for the most part, you know, and so, um, so my relationship to money is still growing, quite honestly, you know, in, in in that respect, and I think that's a lot of people, and I think that this is going to be an interesting time because I think there's going to be some serious conversations have to take place because all the people that have that the economy was built on. Um, you go to work, you clock in, you clock out, you get that paycheck all the time, right? Right. Those folks are dying. Right. They're retiring, they're dying. And a lot of them are working additional jobs because they can't make ends meet now um, that otherwise younger people would be taking. Well, manufacturing has so, died. 
That's why yeah. they're dying. I mean, let's let, let's face it. Let's call it what it is. Our jobs were shipped overseas. The incentives were greater. Thanks to our bureaucracy here, the incentives were greater overseas. I mean, look at our chip manufacturing. Prime example. It is one of the number one reasons why chip manufacturers have left this country if they never started here to begin with. So the incentives to to offshore are great. And so the undermining of this country, of the American worker, has been at work for a very long time. And my dad was just, again, I was raised a lot like you. My dad was a lifer, uh, UAW card-carrying member of General Motors for for as long as I can remember, uh, and and retired from there. He worked, you know, to to pay his bills and to provide. We always had a roof over our head. He was a he was also a Depression baby. He was a World War II veteran. Uh, my dad was a lot older than my mama. And, uh, so we had a different mindset about money, almost kind of scarcity, almost like a lack, a spirit of lack kind of, or fear of lack rather, because we never wanted for anything because my dad got off of his butt and worked every single day, whether he was sick or not. Matter of fact, he never missed a day of work in 21 years of service. And so, you know, dad taught us how to work and the value of work and the, in the, in the self worth that comes from work that is extremely biblical, right? So yes, but we had vacations and we had, my parents had a second home. They had a mountain, a little mountain cabin, you know, and dad worked to pay off his debts. You know, he never lived beyond his means, but I would imagine at the time we would have been considered just like probably upper middle class or like right there at middle and upper middle. Uh, but now my father could have never, he could never survive in, in this current, um, economic climate never uh would it would have never been able to survive that on the salary clearly and the and the interesting thing is is like you know between inflation and deflation and devaluing our dollar and it's like whenever you look at our dollar what it's really worth you know it's mind-blowing and i think what's happened is the rest of the world has finally caught up with the fact that you know gold reserves what are those right and and i think you know monica i think um this is an issue that I that is a bipartisan issue, you know, and that is um, how both leaders of both parties have stuck it to the American worker um, for decades, you know, sure. and have made themselves wealthy in what I would call this political welfare class, right? Which has sold used our tax dollars to send our jobs overseas to. Um, to then make their family wealthy and protect their family for, for decades. You know, it's why we have 88 year old people in Congress. Why are you 88 working any job? You know? And I mean, especially when you're making a hundred, you know, a hundred, 200,000 a year. Well, you're being generous calling it work. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You you make 200,000 a year, which is a good living. And especially for what you're little you're doing and you're suddenly worth 200 million. right? Right. And so, um, you know, why do you need that? Well, the answer to that question is they need it because they don't want to go to jail, you know? And right. so, um, <laughs> you know, and so, but it, it but it, this topic of money is just going to be an interesting thing coming up. I mean, here they're roasting Elon Musk, right. a, a man with great wealth, um, but they're, you know, casually ignoring Hunter Biden, who's got great wealth courtesy of, you know, Corruption, right? right? And so it's going to be a fun. It's going to be just a sad. It's a. It's not fun. It's a sad time, honestly, because our parents that worked hard. I, and this is so crazy, Monica, too. By the way, because my dad retired from General Motors as well. And I don't, oh, how about I'm, that? Yeah, 
But anyway, um, but are you no. my brother from another mother? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. And so, but anyway, because you know but, my maiden last name is Marinos, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, I know. Like, I know. And, and you're Chris, Greek, and you're I'm my Greek, long lost brother. <laughs> you're German. I'm German. You know. And so anyway, and so, um, but yeah, this is wild. But anyway, yeah, they they wouldn't be. It's different now. You know, it's it, the money that those guys that those folks made. They were able to get a lake house and to do all these different things, yeah. and they had that stability and they had a pension. They had all those things um, because you know a house that's worth a hundred thousand is not worth was was not worth three hundred thousand. That's right, right. And um, and the dollar was worth more, and we had an economy that um, was the you know the bedrock of the world in many respects. Yeah, you know. And yeah. so anyway, I just kind of wanted to point that. I just that's kind of a long-winded okay. answer to your question. I'll let other people go. Yeah. I think most um, people will agree with you about their relationship to money, to be quite honest with you and with money and what we've been taught about money. Again, I am highlighting this book. I'm not promoting it. I'm not shilling for these guys. That's not what I'm doing. It's something that has opened my eyes. Uh, and I, and I do not receive a kickback for mentioning the book or any of that. Uh, I would encourage you to read it. Even if you're not into Bitcoin, if you're not into crypto, all of that comes at the at the end of the book anyway. But this, everything leading up to that point into that chapter, I think should be like required reading for every American and definitely every, you know, elementary school kid beginning in the fifth grade uh, and all the way through high school. This should absolutely be, if you're a homeschooling parent, this should be part of your curriculum, in my humble opinion. But it's called Thank God for Bitcoin, the Creation, Corruption, and Redemption of Money. Thank you again, Jimmy Song, for sending this to me. I appreciate you, sir, and for signing it. It was very cool getting to know you and to know more about Bitcoin. Uh, for those of you who are Bitcoin miners in here and cryptocurrency enthusiasts, I am not um, promoting any of that. I am saying that I agree with the facts and the data that was supplied in this book. And as a Christian, I can appreciate how scriptures have been tied into it. And I'll be really honest with you guys. I could honestly see how some of it was conflated. So I look forward to, um, I look forward to having some of the authors of this book on my show because I would like to know exactly who took the time to cross-reference scriptures and how they came to some of the conclusions they did and the cross-intersectionality to draw parallels between what, what they see as being scripturally sound as it relates to our current monetary debauchery that we live under and have for decades in this country. Nothing new. Again, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. But, but when you're, but when you are, and here's a common thing that I personally have said about Bitcoin and about this fairy metaverse world that the fairy dust world people live in. Okay. All of that is weird to me. Like I want to be outside. I want to see you and, and touch you and hug you and kiss your cheek. Like all this COVID BS. I don't subscribe to that crap and I never have. I'll be honest with you. And I'm not damn sure not going back. And I would encourage the rest of you not to go back either. I don't care what they say, but that's just me. I'm Greek. I'm German. We hug, we kiss. You know, it is what it is. But I am a very physical, tactile person. I love to sit on an actual mountaintop, not put a, you know, goggles on and make my body believe I'm there. That's like, I can do that stuff in my dreams. And quite honestly, you know, with hormones, that's exactly what you do. You know, the metaverse, I think, took some cues from the HRT replacement uh, folks who, you know, and their concoctions and 
with their uh what what do we call that witchcraft um no offense doctors but you know what i'm saying and so i that whole world is weird to me but there is some truth to the fact that our dollar is just as much of fairy dust as as what some of you perceive cryptocurrencies and bitcoin to be and actually more so once you understand the relationship between what makes money money and i would love to do a matter of fact i'm going to do a poll later today and it's going to i'm going to have to figure out how to word this but i'm going to run a twitter poll which is usually very telling if you've never followed my twitter polls you should uh and i do it for a myriad of reasons but i'm curious as to what people believe money is what is money what what is it because listen your pet rock could be a currency or could it right like what is it that makes something a currency right and so really understanding the fundamentals of money is pretty important to understanding how we are supposed to relate to money in a fair, just, and free society. And most people are completely monetarily ignorant. And I would 1,000% throw myself in the front of the bus, right? Until recent years when I, I finally realized I was no longer in survival mode. Many of you are in survival mode. You're just trying to make it, dude, from one check to another. He's trying to make sure you can keep a roof over your head and you can keep the kids in school and, you know, whatever American nightmare you happen to be living. Um, you're in survival mode. I get it. Been there my entire life until probably six years ago. So I get it. But when you're in that survival mode and you're not thriving and you're not living life more abundant, you know, you just, you become apathetic and you, or you become so emotionally driven by everything. And, and that's where we are, I think, as a nation. That's not to shame us. It's just true. It's been my observation. And it works really well for the people who want to stay in power. It works really well for an election grid that's completely shot to hell. I don't care what you try to tell me. I don't care how many laws you've passed in your state legislatures. You will never convince me that the election grid is fully operational. Won't happen because I've seen it with my own two eyes. And I see people just completely bypassing 2020. They've made it all about Trump. The left has made it all about Trump. And if you don't have a free and fair election grid and you don't have an election grid that's in place, you have nothing. Our money is crap. Our elections are crap. And boy, I'm sure you glad or you guys are super glad you tuned in today. But no, we're going to leave on a high note today. Uh, because again, we serve a kingdom. So I just kind of feel like, you know, I think I'm going to change my t-shirts Right now, my T-shirts say, "If you're if you're an American, act like one." Right, but I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna change that. I'm not gonna tell you what it is because I know some of you like to pirate my stuff, Ugh, and I won't name names. Christopher, thanks for chiming in. I appreciate you. All right, you guys, we are live today on my show. If you're in my Twitter space, welcome. For those of you on YouTube, welcome, um, welcome, welcome. Taxation is theft. Yes, hello, Miss Matthews. Love your show. I love you too. Thank you. I will include you in the conversation. Uh, for those of you who have not subscribed to my YouTube channel or Rumble, please do so. I welcome you to do so. Uh, I'm not always on my Twitter spaces with my live show, but please keep in mind if you are in the Twitter space that this is going to be kind of like live radio. You will become part of my live broadcast today and anything that you say can and will be used against you in a court of, you know, this corrupted and weaponized DOJ, as we all know. So, uh, but there's that. So I'm going to move on to my next person. 
who has a microphone. One proud patriotic papa. How are you, sir? Welcome to the Monica Matthews Show. And he probably went for like a lunch break and um, and didn't realize that he was going to be called up next. One proud papa. Are you with us, sir? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Monica. How are you? He is risen, isn't he? Oh, well, amen. Um, so I got on. I usually don't talk. I've listened to your shows many times. Thank you. Um, you say on there, how do you feel about being robbed with your taxes? Well, I'm 55 years old. I'm a tradesman. I've paid my taxes every year uh, without fail. Never complained. Uh, this is the first year that I've owed taxes, and I owe over $5,000. Oh, wow. What happened? Yeah. I am trying to find out. Nobody can tell me what the heck happened. Didn't change tax brackets. In fact, I made less in 2021 than I did in 2020, and I was laid off for nine months in 2020. So explain that one to me. Nobody can tell me. Are they including your um, stimulus check? Um, that is a question I asked. I cannot get a, I was told that was all taken care of in 2020. Well, we actually received, uh, and I, and the only reason I know this is because I forgot to include mine and my CPA was like, Hey, did you, uh, you know, what did you get for stimulus for your stimulus check? And I think I got that in 20, in April. No, it was at the end of March of 2021. Now, I don't, I, I have not even talked to my CPA about whether or not that was included in my uh, taxable income. And if any of you in the space today are CPA and you know the answer to that question, you're welcome to chime in. But that was just the first thing that jumped out at me. Um, if you're making the same salary, uh, you know, how in the world are you now paying, uh, you know, more taxes? Um, exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's. You know, a- <laughs> and I had my, I'm not a greedy person. You asked what does money represent? Yes, sir. Look, money is the root of all evil. I am not, I'm not a greedy person. I've never tried to cheat anybody. All I want to do is, is, is provide for my family and uh, provide, provide enough to, to, to be able to retire. I'm probably eight to 10 years away from retiring. Okay. I lost, I lost all that in 2020 when I was laid off for nine months. Right. So I'm just starting over. Right. But now, but now I owe this government over $5,000, which, by the grace of God, we were able to pay. We were able to scrape it up, and, and, and we were able to pay it. Uh, wow. Not happy, not happy about having to pay it, Sure. But we were able to. Sure. You know, and I'm one of these, I'm one of these people that is struggling. I'm surviving because I, I had to take a lower-paying job at the end of 2020 than I was making in 2019. Right. Just just to be able to work again. Right. But um, it, it, is, it has just got me and my spouse befuddled because, you know, we were never greedy. We never got refunds of 5000 10000 Our taxes were always, we might get a refund of $200. Sure. So our taxes were right on the spot. We didn't change anything, but now I owe this government $5,000. Yeah, if I were you, I would definitely, I would check on that and make sure that your stimulant, you know, however you're, and again, I don't know, 
I don't know how much you got for a stimulus, but I didn't get five thousand dollars. But no, and if no. I did, I'd have sent it back. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how that could how that could have changed. But I have to tell you, you know, I would also. I don't. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of your income situation with your wife and and all of that. But uh, either something has drastically changed, uh, or if you're talking about federal only versus state. Um, you know, yes, those stimulus checks were in there and I don't know if we're being taxed on them or the third, uh, I'm not sure how any of that is working. Again, if you're in the space, your CPA, come on up and educate us. You're welcome. But, um, but I would, I, if I were you, sir, I would probably run my numbers again before I stroked a $5,000 check that seems to be completely out of alignment with where your taxes should be. That's just me. Yeah. Well, I did. We, I mean, we got a CPA too, and and our CPA could not explain what the what the deal was. She could not explain to me what happened. That's just that's just what you owe this year. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. It's frustrating, and I paid it. I'm a, I'm a I'm a loyal citizen to this country. I'm a proud American, proud patriot. So yes, I paid my taxes if they were due. Okay. But but. It's very frustrating, and I would like any answers would be great. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, that's my two cents. Love y'all. Love you too, sir. Thank you. God bless. Thank you so much for having these. Of course. God bless you as well. And thank you for being, uh, you know, such a great patriot. And thank you for uh, chiming in. I appreciate you. Um, So, I would say this I I would challenge you and and others to, to really get this. To, to change something for me. Okay. And this is going to be challenging for some of you, but it's important to get this right. Okay. Because that's something that this book overstates in, in, in a very factual way is how necessary money is, right? It is necessary. And it's not money that is the root of all evil. It is the love of money, right? It, it is the, it's all of the, th- think about what you do when you love something. Think about that. Just pause for a second and think about that. What do you do for the person you love? What would you do for the handbag you love? Right? What would you do for, just think about that. For love. What would you do for love? And then multiply that, you know, times a million whenever it comes to people who are just reprobates as it is, who are in positions of authority and power, uh, but who have been feasting at the altar of the lust and the love of mammon. I mean, and mammon is now we're talking about paradigms and, and spiritual paradigms and 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 hierarchies and we're talking about Ephesians six and twelve and I won't I won't go into all of that today, but it is I I really encourage you. I cannot stress enough, and I'm going to go over some of the pages in this book in just a minute. Um, I cannot stress enough educating ourselves on what money is, what currency is how it is backed, what makes something an actual currency. That is very important. 
I mean, currencies are currencies that it, it's a matter of trade. It's, it's a matter of, it's not barter. It's, it's trade, right? And it's based on scale. It's based on its, uh, you know, lack of erosion ability. Um, it, it's based on, you know, value, trust, um, a lot of, an- ha, huh. and anonymity seems to be like the word of the Bitcoiners. It is, at least for my son-in-law, who is like all into this. And I got to tell you something really interesting that some of you in the medical field are going to be very interested to know, um, and as well as you as consumers. My son-in-law is part of a training program right now. They underwrite uh, life insurance policies. And he is in the process of learning and writing code for an AI program that will replace him, that will determine your eligibility um, for life insurance based on a number of factors that are not already taken into consideration. For instance, I did not know that, you know, for those of you who like to kind of fib, tell those little white lies on your applications, you know, have you ever smoked? Nope, not me even though you know you were smoking in the club for like 15 years from college to like 30 and y'all like to lie about stuff like that. And you may have some health repercussions because of that, right? Maybe there's a script that you have to have because of those years, but you're no longer a smoker and you're like, well, I haven't smoked in 25 years. What difference does it make? And nobody's going to know. But the truth is they do know. And they're worse than, than the intelligence community at being able to find out exactly what scripts you've been hiding, what scripts you did not divulge on that little application of yours. Here's the deal. Some of us have been waiting on the new world order, right? Like you think it's some futuristic thing. We got to stop the new world order, right? And this one world currency. Well, think about what the entire world is backed by right now. Hello? Our crappy currency that it's basically devalued into nothingness, like a vapor. And some of you still think it's backed by gold, which is a complete gold joke. Especially after the things I've learned in the past 24 hours and studied and researched. And I'm like, "Mm, wow, why haven't I studied and taken the time to research it until now? Well, because it's costing me. That's why. And that's what it usually takes for most of us to get up off of our butts and go research something because it's costing us. But... When you think about, you know, the need for a currency, right? And you think about, some of y'all are like, oh, we're going into this new world order of uh, digital, uh, digital, what, what is it? The, the rating system. Okay, well, do you have a FICA score? How many of you know that your insurance carriers from health to car look up, that it's a hard pull on your credit? I had a friend today who had no idea that they do that for car insurance. Well, my co- my company did in the state of Georgia. Absolutely pulled my credit. And I've actually been turned down at the worst possible time in my life when I couldn't afford anything. I didn't have a pot to pee in and basically a very few windows to throw it out. But in, at the worst time in my life when I was saddled with, with medical bills and debt and student loans and I couldn't pay my mortgage and I couldn't work and my kid was sick and near death. And I mean, it was a mess. And I couldn't get car insurance because of my credit score, because of medical bills. 
So if you're waiting for a social credit system, I want to encourage you to pull your head out of the sand and look at the reality of the fact that it's already here. We're already living that reality. If you have a social security number, you know, some of us are now starting to question, hmm, which spiritual dispensation have we actually been born into? Right? And when if you look back at the history of how our money's been manipulated in this country and how we've manipulated every other economy around the globe through our manipulation of our own currency, it's scary. I mean, it's like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Right? But one of the reasons why you don't trade like a, a rock, you know, for a car it's because that scale is just not balanced, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's just not balanced. And you know what? Sitting right right now in hyperinflation, nothing is balanced. There's a reason your money's not going as far. I'm very curious, though, as to why that gentleman's paying $5,000 more. Uh, and, I, you know, sometimes it's just like the, misplace, uh, the misplacement of a decimal point. And, yes, I, you know, your accountant can get it wrong once or twice. So I would encourage people to look over your taxes yourselves. Okay, we have a uh, next up. We have got Helen. Welcome to the Monica Matthews Show. Helen, how are you? I'm fine. I love that you're multi-platforming. This is awesome. <laughs> it is so right? fun. Thank you. I love yes, it. Yes, it's I so much fun. <laughs> Thank it's, you. It's really fun. So it's interesting. Um, I can go into background like Christopher did or what, what um, have you. But I think what's really fascinating is when I started to realize uh, the things that, that you talk about a lot and lots of other people uh, like Alpha Wolf and other people um, around, around all the different uh, platforms, including, um, you know, just podcasts that, that I've listened to. Uh, I began to uh, want to get out of, t- of paying all my taxes legally with an accountant, found a really good accountant. And I've been donating at least as much, probably more, and researching really hard to helping people um, through Christ- Christian organizations. And honestly, I feel way better about it. So did you just say, did you just say that you have figured out a way to get out of paying your taxes legally? Well, yeah, I did. (laughs) Well, are you going to keep us all in suspense or are you going to tell us how that happened? (laughs) Um, I I actually don't do it. My accountant does it. Okay. Um, But, but it, it is, it is all legal. He just finds all of the ways that the tax code allows us to write off stuff. All right. So you are an entrepreneur. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, we have, we had nor have normal type jobs. Oh, like, okay. Um, okay. like, like engineer and, and teaching. Uh, oh, that's ex- pretty okay. normal. Okay. Right? That is, yeah. That, that would definitely not be a 1099 unless you're contractors. I'm assuming you're not. Right. Okay. And, and we've owned a business in the past, so I'm familiar with okay. what the, the opposite things are, but, sure. or the other, they're not opposite. The, the other options are, sure. but, but just a regular straight. Uh, paycheck yeah with all all the kids grown and and things like that it, you're going to be in a really high tax bracket so uh so when i started to see the handwriting on the wall i went to the accountant and it doesn't hurt matters any of that uh, we've been fighting some really serious medical cancer stuff for my husband oh, um goodness. that helps a lot right right um but 
he we said, look, we want to find any and everything that's legal that we can write off. And and we're going to take the, the money that it is saved from paying the taxes and we're going to figure out ways in which to help humanity. And that's what we do. Good for you. And and I feel much more at peace with that. Well, I mean, you're being how taxed. They're handling things in our government. Right. I mean, you're being taxed. And and let's all be clear, no one is suggesting on my show anyway that anyone evade their taxes and I don't think that's what you're oh, saying. Oh no. Right. But but I have to say that because we have little ears that love to listen and falsely accuse people. So that's not what's happening here. But because here's the deal, you know, Christ said to give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? Well, fun fact, you know, Caesar has got his little fingers and his toes and everything else into every single area of our lives. And we know it, and we're paying for wars that we didn't sign up for, nor should we be. Wars that are completely illegal have not gone through the proper channel of, of approval on any, in any way, shape, or form. We have open borders. We have a derelict government. Uh, we, it is insane what is happening. And so for me, I look around and go, okay, I'm thinking about what you just said, right? Which is you're helping, uh, you're finding ways to take the money that you would have spent here that you're now saving and tithing, paying it. I say tithing loosely. But, you know, helping others in a, in a true benevolent fashion. Love it. I'm, about, I'm all about that all day. That is wonderful. Also, think about what I said in the beginning of the show, talking about your consumption taxes. I mean, I can't think of a thing that I consume that I'm not being taxed out the wazoo for. Not to mention, I live in the city of Atlanta, so our taxes are nuts. You know, we're we're close to 8% sales tax. It is insane what we pay to purchase anything here in the city. And what do we get for that? Crime. That's what we get for that. So I'm not mad at you. You know, if your if your CPA has found a way for you, got, listen, they're there. People complain. The youth love to complain about all the tax holes and tax loops. And I'm like, well, they're there for a reason. And and if you can figure out how to make them work for you, so that you are living, you know, the quality of life that you and your husband, especially with the challenges, my prayers go out to you and your husband for his health challenges. Um, you know, in order to make life more abundant and, and you're not stealing uh, from the government, uh, then you know what? More power to you. I'm glad you chimed in. Thank you for joining us. So, okay, for those of you who have just joined us, we're live. You guys are part of my show today. Thank you so much for participating. I'm going, and you're welcome to chime in if you're in my space. I would be happy to hand you a microphone. I'm only going to take a few more callers uh, because I want to read a few things from this book. I'm still very curious about your relationship to money. I'm very curious about that because it matters and one of the main reasons why I think we have such a disregard for money is because the church is scared to death to have any regard for it at all because we have been taught that it's all evil, which is not true. That is absolutely not true. It's just like Satan telling, or Lucifer telling, um, well, actually Satan at that point because they'd already fallen. But when he looks at Eve and he says, or she says, right, she, leave it to a woman. You know us. We're going to add to every conversation. Horrible at playing a game of telephone. But um, she says, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. God told us not to eat it. We're not even supposed to touch it. I'm surprised she didn't say look at it, right? But that's not what he said. And so if you're going to quote scripture, it's important. And you're not only going to quote it, but you're going to live your life by something that you believe is true. Then shouldn't you at least take the time to make sure that it's true? 
that what you're parroting is true. So for you to say the Bible says he who helps himself, God is going to help those who help themselves. If I hear that one more time, I'm like, listen, what the Bible says is that if you don't work, you don't eat. And for all of you sending money to the you know little Sally Struthers organizations, that shows my age, because y'all think you're going to end world hunger and poverty. Good luck with that, because Jesus already said you're going to have the poor with you always. So what does that tell you? And you know why I think we have the poor with us always? Because people are poor in mind, they're poor in spirit, and they are governed and ruled and reigned by wicked, treacherous people who keep them oppressed. But I tell you what, let a generation of people catch a God idea about currency and, and about what that is and what it ain't and how people have been oppressed and pillaged and robbed by unjust weights in this country. I'm talking about my country. I can't talk about anyone else's country because I'm not a part of their country. This is my country. This is my jurisdiction. This is where I was born. And so I look around and go, all right, Father, where are we missing the boat here? What's really going on? And where should our focus be to transcend? How do we transcend? I think that's still a safe word. It's not in the spirit realm, but it is in the governmental and the political legislative realm. And believe me, they'll hijack that word before long. But how do we transcend the current system. And if you wonder why people are, and I'm not saying that Bitcoin won't eventually implode and whatever, because I was in a space last night with someone who I absolutely have come to uh, really admire and respect. And he works within this whole sphere of Spookyville. And he says, um, you know, it's just a matter of time before Bitcoin just implodes because it's just going to. But right after that, he believes, will be a currency that uh, will actually work how currencies are supposed to work in a just fashion. So please change your language about money. Money is not the root of all evil. It is just not. It is the love of of money. Right. Very important. Okay. So I'm going to read from a couple of these pages and I love the fact that you guys, Hey guys, my live streamers on YouTube, I cannot uh, engage because I don't have like that whole 26 year old, uh, you know, gamer room set up yet. Uh, but I'm on it. And uh, so I can't engage with like live chat on Twitter. Wish I could, but I am saying a huge hello and shout out. And I'm glad you guys are here on YouTube. I love seeing you and engaging with you guys there. And it is so much fun to be able to cross platform like this. I think it's great uh, to be able to include voices um, on my shows that are not just call in voices. But I want you to think about something. Um, this is talking. Okay. And of course, I did not turn my phone on Do Not Disturb. Ooh. Okay, hold on. There's something that was really important. Goes through the whole. Again, this is the book I'm referring to. Go get this book. Even if you hate Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, 
Thank God for Bitcoin, the creation, corruption, and redemption of money. I am not shilling for them, and I'm not getting paid for them in any way, shape, or form. It is just something that I, my eyes have been open to some things where I'm like, holy cow. And as people are writing checks to the uh, to the powers that be today, I thought to myself, wow, now I understand how people become sovereign citizens. Now, I'm not really sure how you pull that off, right, without just living in some remote place in Idaho where you literally just never communicate with people and you grow all of your own stuff and, you know, just live a very woolly mammoth lifestyle. I, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I think you just get creative, just like the rich do, right? You get, it's called uh, legal, like creativity legally. Again, I'm not advocating for evasion of taxes. Uh, that is not what we're doing here on the Monica Matthews Show at all. Because I got to tell you, I'm listen, I don't have a problem paying my taxes, to be honest with you, whenever it goes to things that matter, like our infrastructure. But I'm not trying to pay for you guys to have, you know, 60% birth rates in the state of Georgia on Medicaid. Get off your back and go do something productive. And don't talk to me about how systemic racism has kept your ass down because I'm not buying that. I'm just not. So I understand that not everybody gets a fair shake. Neither did I. But do I look like I'm letting that hold me back? Nope. And some of you would be like, well, that's because you're white. It's easier for you. And you got blue eyes. And you got a big chest. and You're kind of cute. And so it's easier. Well, look, you probably got some cute little qualities too. And some of you are out there, you know, on what are these spaces called? The OnlyFans using all your cuteness in the most abominable way, right? Using your entire skill set, your God-given beauty in an, an atrocious way, just devaluing, debasing, demoralizing yourself, and then turning around and joining organizations that try to make white people feel bad about being white. I don't think so. <laughs> Not in my lifetime. So, all right, hold on. There is something very, very important that I wanted to share with you guys, and I should have marked it. The whole book is so important, to be honest with you. Um, We're talking about the expansion of money, devaluing currency, uh, you know, talking about why things went to coinage, um, talking about a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. That's Proverbs, for those of you who love to quote Proverbs and quote them incorrectly. Um, properties of money. All right, you ready? Oh, all right. I'm going to read this to you and I hope the authors don't get mad if they do, whatever. So the role of money. Money is a tool for trade. It is quite simply the most tradable asset in any society. Money helps move value across time and space. I'm going to say that again. Money helps move value across time and space. Of course, given that very, that very genef- generic definition, nearly any physical object can serve in that role. Historically, anything from seashells to silver has been used as money. Even today, mackerel cans in 150-ounce Tide detergent bottles are used as money in prisons and inner cities. These are seemingly odd choices, but they provide clues about the role of money in society. Let's look at an example of two people who want to engage in trade. One person grows oranges and the other owns a house. Perhaps the orange grower wants a house and the house owner wants oranges. This situation cannot be simply resolved through trade for a few reasons. The first problem is what I just mentioned, which is the one of scale. 
it is unlikely that the house owner would want the number of oranges that would be equivalent to the value of a house. And trading fractions of a house is not practical. The second problem is that of location. The orange grower wants a house, but the available house may not be in the right area. Houses cannot easily be moved from one place to another, though oranges can be. The third problem concerns time. Even if the house owner wants a lot of oranges and the house happens to be in the right location, there's still the problem of producing enough oranges to buy a house. To grow the number of oranges required to trade for a house may take years, by which time the earlier crops of oranges will have spoiled. The house is better in this regard as it's more durable. That is why society needs money. Money acts as the medium of exchange to solve the problems of trading across various scales, locations, and times. So what are the properties that enable money to solve such problems? I'm just going to name them. I'm not going to read them out. But one property of money is it's divisible. It should be divisible. Number two, it should be portable. Number three, it should be recognizable. Number four, it should be scarce so that its supply is resistant to manipulation over time. Money should hold its value and be able to pay for goods, not just now, but also into the future. Scarcity may be the most important property of money as it provides a check on counterfeiting, supply manipulation, and theft. So those are the five properties of money, right? Well, none of that is inherently wicked. It's just a system. And it doesn't become inherently or intrinsically wicked until man gets crafty about how he can lie or otherwise miscalculate scales by adding things that are corrupt and fraudulent. Take gold, for instance. I mean, I love one of the stories in here was talking about the Old Testament, how one of the reasons why Christ was so upset about what was happening in the temple uh, and making, you know, his father's house of prayer a den of thieves um, what in of, of commerce, right, is because those those weights where, where the widows would come to buy with what with what little they had, right? Not only was the church at that time the church, not only was well, yeah, sure, the church at that time, not only were they putting heavy weights upon the widow's shoulders and upon, you know, it wasn't just uh ten commandments. It was like six hundred and sixty six laws to live by. I mean, it's like our legislature, our, our legislatures today that we clearly don't live by, right? So Christ is upset for a couple of reasons. One, you have added to my word and you have detracted from my word, which is a huge no-no. Like if you want to upset God, that's the quickest way to do it, right? So what could we possibly add to Christ as the purveyor and curator of our freedom? My yoke is is easy, right? My burden is what? Light. What does the world do? What does the government do? It constantly heaps and heaves more weight upon weight upon weight onto the shoulders of the taxpayer, onto the, onto the shoulders of the people. And then they try to distribute it, you know, by making some fake, phony, rich person the fall guy for all of the problems of the government. And their um, unfettered uh, fraud. Right? That's unjust. The other thing that really upset him was the fact that people would bring like, you know, their scales were unbalanced because their weights were comprised 
of like, let's say you were using gold as a standard measure of something. Well, instead of actual gold, people will just, you know, whatever, throw some dirt in there, some fool's gold, a couple of flakes or something, uh, you know, whatever it is, that's going to make that scale, uh, you know, balanced in your favor through corruption and fraud and debasement and inflation you know, these, these, um, manufactured crises, one right after the other, these wars that everybody's all up in arms about. Well, of course it's sad that Ukraine men, women, and children are dying because one government is attempting to cover up its mess while attempting to encroach upon another country that has already said, if you include this country in your little, uh, you know, uh, gang, a gang of king of the hill called NATO, um, then this is what the repercussions of that are going to be. So keep poking the kitty, or in this case, the bear, and see what happens. Not saying I'm on the side of Putin, but some things are just kind of obvious. Come to my house and try to poke the bear and see what happens. Or anything close to me. Ask my neighbors. It's not pretty. So it's like some things just are simply understood for what they are. All the corruption that we've seen come forward. And who's paying for it? We are. We're paying to cover things up and to continue to attempt to position ourselves in such a way we we appear to be as a nation trying to, uh, you know, remain on top, the king of the hill. Well, that's crap because we're already in the bed. We're already in the bed with a new world order. And that is not hyperbole. It is absolutely just how it is. And some actors are deeper down the rabbit hole than others. And so, you know what? God bless some of you. I have to say this. I am going to give my props. You think what you want about the Bitcoiners and the miners and the crypto people. And yeah, there are a lot of crappy people in that sphere. I'm not going to lie. There just are. But if you ever have the opportunity to go into some of those spaces at night and just listen, just listen to the community at large, I, I encourage you to do that. Because these guys are like Vikings who have discovered new land with new resources, and they're like, hey, look, there's enough to go around and and let me decide what I want to invest in and just let it be real, right? Let your developers be above board. Let this be a real token. Let this be a real thing, right? And let me decide what I want to do with my money. And again, I'm not saying that all the glitters is gold, especially in this space, but I will say this, huh, it has been such a lesson for me in anthropology to go into these Twitter spaces of uh, of Bitcoin folks and cryptocurrency folks because they are a culture unto themselves. And they have figured out that there is an exit strategy to the rabbit hole. And the feds may have, in fact, created the exit hole. But I think where government always gets it wrong, and I said this on my show on Friday, they always underestimate the power of God in his absolute desire and his infinite ability uh, regarding ingenuity. Because his purpose is always going to be freedom. Because that's who he is. And that's why y'all just celebrated Easter yesterday and I'm going to celebrate it next Sunday because 
It's the liberating resurrection power of God through Jesus Christ to raise him from the dead. Otherwise, what's the point of being a Christian? Hello? Just so you can say so? So, no, resurrection is the deal. It is the end-all, be-all of the entire faith. It is the power of God. So I love the fact that ingenuity reside. The ingenuity of God not only resides in Christians, it resides in all of his creation. And so I think it's pretty cool whenever I see people use the system that was created to perpetuate corruption, crime, hidden secrets, you know, all kinds of stuff. And these dudes and gals have figured out a way to actually monetize that system for the time being, right? They have figured out how to crawl in and out of the rabbit hole. Um, And ultimately, I think if they can figure out how to do it now, when and if it implodes, um, it'll just be a matter of time before I, I agree with the gentleman and what he said in his space last night that it's just a matter of time before an actual currency will emerge that, uh, how do I put this without triggering some of you because you still haven't divorced from money is all money is evil. Um, (laughs) yeah. Okay, fine. Thank you. Holy spirit. I'll leave it at this. Um, that will leave it to a place where, you know, those scales are just and they're balanced. And I think that that may look a little different than some people um, are, are able to see. But for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, I do believe what President Trump said is right. Our better days are ahead of us. It may just look differently. So I want to encourage you with this. Um, my pillows are the best pillows in the world. Do you like that transition? <laughs> and you should totally go to mypillow.com and use my name, right? Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A. Not K-A. It's always funny when people spell my name in a German way, but it's not. It's Monica. Uh, you get up to 66% off of those pillows and those house robes. And some of y'all know you got those stanky, those pillows that have like all the stains on them, right? You go to change your pillowcases and you're like embarrassed because you're like, God, what do I do in my sleep at night? Uh, you know, I'm like, do I take a shower with my pillow in my hand? And I just don't know it. Uh, do I slobber that much? Right. And so and some of y'all, I don't want to know what you do with your pillows, but I think you should go to mypillow.com and buy new pillows and use my name and get yourself a nice benefit and a discount. And then as we're talking about gold and silver, right? There are some folks who still deal in actual gold and silver. And that would be my friends at Gold Co. MonicaMatthews.com backslash Gold Co. You can go there too. And uh, somebody will call you and educate you on how to protect your fiat, which is nothing but a fiasco and a fraud. (laughs) Again, go read this book. Once you understand what fiat is and what it isn't, you'll be like, oh, yeah. You just heard what one of my callers said. Well, one of the space participants said his, they had, their account was like wiped out, right? Their savings wiped out, 401k wiped out. Thank you, COVID. But there are some things that do not change their intrinsic inherent value, uh, like stock markets based on feelings. They just don't. That's why they're called precious metals. 
So monicamatthews.com backslash gold co. And last but not least, you all know that health is very important to me. I love all my nurses and PAs and, and, you know, I see uh, one of my favorite nurses in in my space today, Uh, doctors, people who come in and out of my life and speak truth to my audience about what's really going on with COVID and injections and life and stress and medicines and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, But I've also realigned uh, with an organization that I I um, thoroughly have vetted and believe in and have used their product. So I have encouraged you guys who are dealing with arthritis or heart disease or diabetes and all these things that we call, you know, just part of aging. (laughs) What's interesting is that it's not part of aging for other nations uh, ad nauseum like it is here. So that should tell you something about our environment about our diets, about our stress levels, about striving, about being slaves to the government, uh, all those things that take a major toll and have a major impact on our um, health, right? And so there's someone for you to call who is going to talk to you about a product that I uh, 1,000% um, am on board with. And her name is Carol. And you guys can find her at 205-739-3848, 205-739-3848. And you can simply say to her, I'm with Monica, and she'll know exactly why you're calling. And I will leave you with this. There's a lot to be hopeful about. And I hope that you will take the resurrection spirit with you, not only into this week, but moving forward into the remainder of your year. Let every day, if you have to put something on your desk that reminds you that every day is resurrection day, then do that because you will live according to that truth. No matter what's going on around us, I've said since last year that this nation is in captivity. And I 1000% believe that. But a lot of cool things can happen when you're in captivity. A lot of ingenuity, a lot of repentance, a lot of coming to Jesus moments. You know, it doesn't always have to be doom and gloom. There can be some very real jagged reality pills that some of us are taking right now in captivity as a nation. You know, this whole Biden regime fiasco, um, they are merely the outward expression of things that have been going on under under, under the current for decades through multiple administrations, right and left. They just have. And so now what do we do with all that? You know, what do we, um, what do we do with the truth that's before us that God has actually been very gracious in allowing us to see what's really happening. And so I want to encourage you, don't be discouraged because that's discouraged. We need courageous people. We need people who are willing to, um, you know, Reach out to neighbors who don't look like you, believe like you, um, you know, think like you, vote like you, right? Because suffering is a great equalizer. And right now our nation is suffering. And so if you want to take anything back, I would encourage you to build a very strong foundation in and on Jesus Christ, the only rock that's going to stand. And for those of you who are still standing on him right now, you know what I just said is true. Because your house would have and could have and should have fallen years ago. Way before this selection. Right? But the only thing, the only shred of um, of hope that we have as a nation, as far as I'm concerned, is rebuilding this nation. 
on the rock of the knowledge and the mind and the heart of the author and finisher of our liberty. And according to my faith, that's Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you to keep your eyes up. Do look up. That's a great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, you totally should. (laughs) But do look up, right? Because that's where your help comes from. That's where your great ideas come from. Some of you think you've missed the boat in your life, and I just want to encourage you that if I can sit here and, and do what I love to do, you can too. And God will make a way for you. He will make a way for your purpose to be fulfilled. Don't ever give up on that. Don't give up on yourself. All right. I love you guys. Subscribe, please, to my YouTube, my Rumble channel, all that good stuff. Sign up for newsletters at monicamatthews.com. I will be live tomorrow with Andrew Giuliani, who is running for office. He's running for governor of New York. God knows y'all need some help up there. And whoever the Republicans have backed is probably not the person you want to go with. So we're going to talk to Andrew tomorrow and talk about his plans for the great state of New York that was once the great state of New York and see whether or not he can turn the hands of time back. All right. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.